Welcome to the Negotiation and Conflict Management podcast series. I'm glad I know that now. This series is brought to you by the NAC team. NAC, N-A-C, stands for Negotiation and Conflict. NAC is made up of a team of scholars who are passionate about the teaching, research, and practice of negotiation and conflict management in all related topics. We offer you this podcast series to highlight the work of global academic thought leaders who have a knack for negotiating and managing conflict. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Michael Gross, your podcast host for the day. Our podcast guest today is Wendy Adair, a professor of industrial organizational psychology and director of the Culture and Work Lab at the University of Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Wendy is a co-principal investigator of Indigenous Workways, a collaborative project among faculty and Indigenous student centers in Ontario to develop a sustainable solution to underemployment among Ontario's Indigenous workforce by empowering Indigenous youth with career mentors and opportunities, and Ontario employers with relational, respectful, reciprocal, and relevant workplace communication and climate practices. Her other research examines the impact of culture on communication. For example, what is said, what is not said, and interdependent work outcomes, such as communication effectiveness, conflict resolution, trust, and team performance. Her work appears in outlets including the Journal of Applied Psychology, Negotiation and Conflict Management Research, Journal of Cross-Cultural Psychology, and Academy of Management Discoveries. Wendy has served as Associate Editor of Negotiation and Conflict Management Research and the President of the International Association for Conflict Management. Today's episode is on Indigenous Workways, a collaborative research effort among scholars and Indigenous education centers across four recognized Southwest Ontario institutions, the University of Waterloo, the University of Windsor, Wilfrid Laurier University, and Conestoga College. Their goal is to develop a sustainable solution to underemployment among Ontario's Indigenous workforce by empowering Indigenous youth with career mentors and opportunities and Ontario's employers with relational, respectful, reciprocal, and relevant workplace communication and climate practices where Indigenous worldviews can flourish. We hope you enjoyed this episode. How do the five R's have import for studying conflict management with coworkers, colleagues, and a community? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I think of these five R's as uh, another way of understanding and focusing on holistic communication. So Lori Campbell is the former director of Waterloo's Indigenous Student Center. Um, and she taught me that uh, for Indigenous peoples, communication resides in the physical space between two people. So I'm responsible for anything I put in that space. I should think about what I say, when I say it, whether I'm sharing it at the right time and with the right people. Because once I've put something out in that space, I'm responsible to make sure it's carried forward in a good way, in a way that helps and does not harm all our relations. So if you're thinking about uh, managing conflict, someone with this approach to communication, you can imagine, would be extremely 
thoughtful and careful about what they say and when they say it and making sure it's the right time um, to resolve a conflict. So um, respect, relevance, reciprocity, responsibility, and relationality um, can all inform a holistic approach to conflict management. Uh, so what we say, how we say it, when we say it, it should be relevant to the issue at hand, uh, respectful to all parties involved, both directly and indirectly. Um, in, the conflict, in the context of conflict management, reciprocity refers to the assumption that all parties are equal and have equal opportunity to talk and listen, to teach and learn from one another. So the sharing circle is something used for conflict management in many indigenous communities. And it's an example of equality, equity, and reciprocity at work. Relationality encompasses all of these things and more in a holistic sense because a resolution should consider um, in a respectful, relevant, reciprocal, and responsible way, uh, all of our relations. How do the five R's uh, relate to time, place, and space? So what does this mean for our understanding of conflict at work? Yeah, sure. Indigenous people have a really strong connection to land, as I mentioned. They are stewards of the land. Um, and you, you touched on that in your land acknowledgement. Um, their relationship with land is reciprocal, taking only what one needs, and it's not extractive. So I wanted to share an example from the book uh, Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. So she explains how um, she first asks a tree for permission and then carefully extracts a single tree root for basket making. So she does so gently um, digging around a single ropey strand and following it under and around other roots in the ground without careful not to disturb them. So indigenous scientists know the tree can easily withstand the careful removal of a single strand of root. Um, so taking that one root from one tree which is all she needs to build, make that basket, um, allows the tree and the earth that the tree is in to continue to survive and prosper. Um, and she then thanks the tree and sprinkles a tobacco offering. So she's treating the tree and the earth that holds other tree roots and creature homes um, with the four R's. And so part of this approach is to make sure earth is preserved for the next generation, seven generations to come. But so Respect, relevance, reciprocity, and responsibility are the principles characterizing indigenous relationships with place and across time. And so in terms of conflict management, I think these worldviews suggest that extracting as much as possible for the self, it, it's not going to be the primary goal. There's going to be a much more holistic uh, framing of the conflict and approach to resolving the conflict. Wow. Um, from your work, what are Indigenous employee conflict management preferences at work, at their jobs, and what are your recommendations for organizations and our listeners? Yeah, so I'm happy to share some work that is based on two uh, student master's theses. So one student uh, used a survey method and another used Indigenous research methods, um, namely relational conversations to hear stories from full-time Indigenous employees um, who are alumni of Indigenous Workways collaborating institutions. So these employees expressed a preference for conflict management approaches at work that are integrative and restorative. 
So integrative approaches are those that emphasize meeting the needs and satisfaction of all the parties at the table. Um, and so from an Indigenous perspective, we might expect, based on what I've been saying, that um, that is going to include not only the people sitting at the table, but more broadly. And so this is related to the other preference, which was for restorative justice approaches. So restorative justice approaches consider a broader community and context, so they are more holistic, um, they are not rushed, and they prioritize restoring relationships and trust. And so those two combined approaches were what we found employees preferred the most. Um, oh yeah, I also wanted to tell you some of the, like how are we trying to translate what we found into um, some sort of you know information or tools that organizations can use. So right now we're in the process of um, talking to other Indigenous employees and having them sort of help us shape and word um, what these findings might look like in terms of um, some useful practices for organizations. So some of the things we are discussing are um, the importance of organizational organizations to recruit uh, trusted advisors for their Indigenous employees. So these could be community elders or knowledge keepers, um, but people that could guide Indigenous employees through conflict resolution processes. Um, we are talking about recommending organizations hire Indigenous trainers to help teach managers culturally appropriate conflict management practices. Um, so this might include things like relaxing time constraints, discussing the impact of conflict beyond the task and work outcomes, and making relationship restoration a priority. Um, we're talking about recommending hiring Indigenous trainers to teach managers culturally appropriate communication skills. For example, using relational communication, looking beyond words for implicit meaning, building relationships built on reciprocity and responsibility. Um, and we're trying to uh, think about ways to incorporate relational communication in uh, organizational processes beyond just conflict management. So recruitment, interviews, and onboarding, for example. Wow, it sounds like you're finding a lot of good stuff. Um, sounds like your recommendations might lend themselves to relational communication tools. So what are relational communication tools and how important are they? Hmm. Yeah, so we are in the process now of help figuring out what these tools are <laughs> um, and we're not quite there yet but I can give you an example so in general relational communication means that the relationship takes center stage um, so parties need to take time to get to know one another and build trust um, and so this is done by taking time to share connections and experiences um, but it's beyond just starting out a conversation with a land acknowledgement and um, sharing you know where your people are from so it needs to be a, a meaningful connection so for example in our research conversations um, you know we went to talk to employees about their conflict management preferences and their workplace experiences and for each of these participants um, we spent five to six hours with them over a period of about two months. Um, so the first 
meeting, the first hour, minimum of one hour is spent just getting to know the participant before even touching on the research topics. Um, so these conversations happen across multiple multiple meetings as people are getting to know one another and establish a relationship. So, you know, in, in contrast to sort of Western science and psychological approaches, participants are not anonymous or unknown. They're fully present and they're co-creators of the knowledge being shared and gathered. Um, so I think relational communication tools mean making space for socio-emotional connection um, that are intentional. So it's almost like authenticity, right? Authenticity and co-creating the shared communication space instead of having a more rigid, structured task focus that's the hallmark of uh, Western colonial workplace. Wow. That's me. I focus on the task. <laughs> you do. I know. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So how do relational communication tools matter uh, to stories of identity, relationships, place, and interactions at work, focusing on conditions surrounding positive experiences? Yeah, this is a really great question. So my indigenous colleagues are incredibly warm people. They tell great stories. They have a wonderful sense of humor. Um, but finding the positive experiences they've had in a Western workplace is a real challenge. Uh, so people want to talk about racism, tokenism, and prejudice because it pervades their everyday lives, including at work. Um, and it has been really hard to get people to talk about their positive experiences. You know, what are some things organizations are doing right to make space for Indigenous employees? What are some positive experiences you've had with white people at work? Um, you know, obviously these are uh, low base rate phenomenon for a lot of these people. Um, and uh, I think that that building the relationship um, and really spending time to get to know people is, is critical to uh, letting them feel free to to think about and recognize and maybe share some positive experiences they've had. Um, so for me, how, how do I do that? Well, as I said, I really take a lot of time to get to know people um, and I'm present as an ally for the long term. I show that um, by my actions in the way I'm reciprocating and supporting their community. This might be through training indigenous students, hiring ind indigenous research assistants, um, making connections for them to others in the university, showing up at ceremony and cultural events, sharing what I know about Six Nations history with people and telling them how to find out more. Um, so it, it's a lot of work that some people might think is not related to my research or doing my job, but it is actually essential, foundational and integral to doing this research and um, doing this work. Yeah, so it, this is relationship building. It's creating a space where experiences can be shared in a respectful, reciprocal, relevant, and responsible way. Um, and so that is something we're really hoping to be able to get more examples of are the positive experiences and stories that Indigenous employees have of their um, their time at work. Wow. Well, what's next for Indigenous Workways? What's happening next? 
Yeah, thanks. So we're, as I mentioned, we're we're in the process now where we've, um, you know, we've been collecting data and talking to people and doing research for about five or six years, and we are now translating those findings into um, tools for organizations. Um, we're in the process of translating those. So we're trying to develop materials to teach holistic conflict resolution in organizations. And so a this product might look something like beginning with an overview of indigenous worldviews um, and teaching how they relate to indigenous approach, approaches to everyday conflict management, and then offering some sort of case study or story graph of an indigenous employee resolving a workplace conflict um, using a holistic approach. And then offering some sort of a step-by-step -step guide or checklist uh, that managers and employees could sort of work their way through to see, okay, am I using a holistic approach? What are sort of the, the key steps I want to make sure I'm taking? Then a case study or simulation. So um, employees can practice applying holistic conflict management approaches. Uh, and then a framework to develop a personal action plan to identify situations when they will in the, in the future apply the knowledge they've learned. Um, so that's just one example of sort of a, a training program that we are hoping to develop. Uh, we're gonna develop similar teaching materials for relational conversations and for culturally safe organizational climates. Our applied stream is working on some really interesting things. Um, working with Indigenous alumni to develop career camps for Indigenous high school students um, and career story panels for uh, Indigenous post-secondary students. We have a mentorship framework that some Indigenous students have been developing that can be used both in universities and hopefully adapted to organizational um, context for employees. Let's see, you know, oh, uh, and I should probably give you some uh, notes to put in the podcast credits to tell you who these people are that are doing all this amazing work because it's not just me for sure. Um, and then one other thing we're doing that I think is um, going to lead to some really, uh, some really fruitful collaborations is working with the the co-op, so the cooperative and experiential learning programs at our universities. Um, to develop supports for Indigenous students during that school-to-work transition. Um, we're working with them to help their employers identify and articulate, you know, why is it they want to hire Indigenous students and have they done the work that needs to be done so that they can um, welcome and onboard these students into an environment that will allow them to, to succeed and flourish so we're talking to Indigenous students and students from other equity-deserving groups about their co-op experiences to try to find out what organizations are doing right. Um, all the materials that we're developing from this research project uh, is they're all going to be shared in open access format with other universities and colleges, um, as well as like, for example, some of our Indigenous collaborators, the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, um, and the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business. So these are large organizations that work directly with government, private, and nonprofit employers. So that's um, another avenue we have to sort of get these materials out there once they are fully created and ready to, to, to put out there. Listening to you so carefully, I thought uh, we would love to have you back uh, 
at a future juncture to hear what's happened, you know, since you've kind of Absolutely. outlined some things that you're working on. Yeah. Um, and sort of what's next, the, all the what's next, next stuff that you talked about to kind of follow up with that. And yeah, definitely um, whatever uh, notes you have that you want to have for the podcast notes. Uh, yeah, please send. And okay, I, I will do them. that. Um, I have to say thank you a million times over for your time and for sharing all this with us. I think it's so unique and profound. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It has been a real and continues to be a learning journey for me. Um, and, you know, something I, I'm really just enjoying where where work has taken me and how much I've been able to learn how to see the world differently, think about the world differently and really enrich some of the ways that we um, approach conflict in organizations. Well, I think your time with us today has informed all of us, uh, opened our minds, uh, opened our hearts, um, and we all will look at the world in a more graceful way because you are here. Oh, so kind. Thank you so much, Michael. You're, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 What we learned today from our podcast guest is about relational conversations and holistic conflict management for Indigenous employees in Canada. Once more, I'm Michael Gross, and on behalf of all of us, we thank our guest. As our series name states, I'm glad I know that now. On behalf of our NAC team, Deborah Sai, Michael Gross, that's me, Jennifer Parlagas, Laura Reese, and Ming Hong Sai, thank you for listening. For more information about this in every episode, you can check out the podcast notes on the NAC website at www conflictandnegotiationteam.com. So that's one word, conflictandnegotiationteam.com. There you can find additional sources and links to materials cited in each episode. Please tell a friend about our podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time for another fascinating discussion about a topic you'll be glad to know about.